Hello and welcome to the Super Beast podcast with Bergen Blake. We're coming to you today from a fairly moist Shipley, I think that's fair to say. Um, we've got a pretty dense and intense show for you today. We're going to be talking about what we've been up to, um, some things that have caught our attention in the news as usual. Going to play some some great tunes later on. Yeah, but before all of, all of that... Hello! <laughs> Hello, Berg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before all of that, shall we, uh, shall we open with a jingle? Yeah, it's it's a good one this time. We're kind of influenced by you know uh, the, what's happening in the oceans and the environmental disasters, and we try to really capture the spirit of the ocean. Let's hear what we came up with. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Yeah, so we, as you can hear from that, we called in uh, some favours from some some whales. Yeah, some some plastic in there too. Yeah, and our old friend Wind. Can you tell us anything about the um, outcome of the jingle vote that we had last time around? Oh right, yeah. Well, it was kind of like I don't know a microcosm of uh, of politics lately. It ended in in deadlock mm-hmm. um, after a really hard fought uh, like electoral campaign from both sides. Uh, there was an equal amount of votes. Yeah. 50-50 it was. Hung jingle. Yeah, it was. It, no one could decide between. So, But, you know, one more vote could have just split it. So, yeah. you know, get right in there and say it to start with. You get out there and vote. It doesn't matter who you vote for. Uh, well, it does matter. Like, don't vote for the Tories, obviously, unless you want another <laughs> sort of decade's worth of misery and uh, environmental disasters and kind of, uh, you know, economic horribleness. Um, but, you know, vote for anyone except the Tories and you'll be doing a good job. Yeah, and if you, you if you vote for Labour, they've promised free broadband for everyone, which means you can download the Super Beast mm. podcast even faster. Really? We started talking about issues rather than personality. Yeah, how about that? And mm. not mentioning the B word. We do have to stop the Tories, don't we? Um, so I, I'm thinking this podcast episode will go out um, before the election, definitely before the election. Um, so two things that people need to do are register to vote. Um, which you can do at uh, gov.uk forward slash register hyphen two hyphen vote. So go and register right now while you're listening to this. Um, and then... You can multitask. Yeah, you can, you can do it. I, I believe in you. Um, and then once you've done that, get on getvoting.org, getvoting.org, uh, and find out how to um, tactically vote in your area to make sure that uh, the Tories are smashed um, in a bad way. Isn't there like a website that you can compare policies as well, where you don't necessarily know which party those policies are coming for? If you wanted to actually find out who which group have got the best policies and you didn't want to be swayed, then I think there's a website to do that. Um, I don't know what it's called, but you know, a quick search on what's it? Have you, have you heard of Ecosia? Like this, this environmental okay. friendly website, search the plant trees if you sign up. I, I would say that definitely down with that policies and things, but I think this election is more important than policies, uh, and that actually tactical voting to get the Tories out is the most important thing. And there's no other party than Labour that are capable of doing that without obviously massive change uh, first. So so yeah the we've got to focus on that and then next time let's uh, let's vote for some policies yeah no worries like, uh, <laughs> yeah just just thinking because we were talking a little bit about like the young vote and how they might not have have like you know the the memory of like the lib dems kind of slitting mm. the generation's throat and lying about the tuition for these things they're you know 
you know broadly take my personalities and if they did want to actually for a lot of people say I want to vote Tory then they got to look at this and they didn't actually understand the policies they're voting for are actually the ones it's kind of like the sheep voting for the wolf oh I see what you mean right yeah so for a younger person not yeah. that we'll have many younger views I imagine but you know now we've got that out of the way um, what, what have you been up to recently so like yeah quite a lot this month it was very luckily managed to have like two weeks off for half term um, so went to Lanzarote for the first week uh, drew lots of dogs um, had a good time on the beach bought so, some so you drew lots of dogs yeah yeah. I'd draw wherever I go you know it's yeah. in- Inktober going off as well so oh, yeah, yeah. So finishing doing my drawings a day yeah um, yeah lots of cartoon drawing going off um, and yeah lots of nice times got some new Asterix annuals like mm-hmm. brought back got the, the Spanish to English translations as well like, very nice yeah pretty nice um yeah, so finishing off a bit of cartoon drawing, um, like working on the house. Um, oh yeah, signed for a, a national futsal league team because I'm a futsal goalkeeper and Leeds have got a team, so they asked for me to to play for them. Nice. Played a game with them. The most disorganised team I've ever worked for. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an absolute joke the organisation, but like they're so skillful. Mm-hmm. So the players were quite like uh, decent. And other than that, like splurging a, a load of money on stuff because I've been spending money on the house. And oh yeah, also I finished proofreading my novel, so I'm gonna oh, sort yeah. of uh, approach a few um, publishers about that. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, last weekend at the nicest pie festival at Wharf Chambers, watching a load of punk bands, uh, all of which contain at least one female member. It was all girl organisers, and I drew loads of cartoons of them. And yeah, if you want to check out cartoons from the pit, uh, like been getting a lot of love from people last week from the, all the drawings I drew. Where can people find cartoons from the pit? Is it online or is that just very much a physical thing? Um, you can buy a physical copy if you log on to Facebook and search cartoons from the pit. Um, I'll put a link on there to my Instagram um, where I just upload quite regularly um, sort of cartoon drawings and things that I do. Oh. Uh, uh, what what have you been up to? This wasn't in the last month, but I forgot to mention it last time. I did the um, Sheffield Half Pint Marathon <laughs> in, in September. Which uh, was was quite good. There's 13 pubs on this list, and you've got to go around them all and have a half pint of um, uh, an Abbeydale or a True North beer in in each one, and you get a stamp at each one. And uh, <laughs> when when you visited all 13, you get a t-shirt, uh, which I'm wearing today. Actually, it's a really nice oh, t-shirt. Cool, yeah. It's got a little illustration of all the pubs that you visited on. Um, so yeah, did that in September. It was pretty good. My original plan was to do it all in one day. Mm. Um, but in the end, I had sort of spread it out over the course of the month, and uh, yeah, it was it was good fun actually. Took me to a few new quality boozers in Sheffield, so I enjoyed that a lot. Finally got Sounds my t-shirt great. this month. Yeah, uh, well, it's been up to uh, been getting the MG ready for the winter. Oh yeah, that that's a car, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. People as ignorant as I was. <laughs> it is. It's a vehicle. It's a. Forty-year-old car that's uh, doesn't put the environment first, unfortunately. But classic racing green. Does it purr like a, a cat? Right? Uh, it, yeah, it does now. Yeah, it's um, the the whole experience of having the MG was just a, a stupid one, really. When I was living in um, Shepherd's Bush in London. Uh, the flat that we had opposite the Westfield Shopping Centre had a parking space, and people like shoppers would come and park in the parking space on the weekend, like in our driveway, basically. Uh, and so I thought, oh, well, that's annoying. I'm going to buy a car and then the people won't be able to park there. <laughs> uh, and because I didn't really need one, I wanted one that was a bit, a bit more of a toy than something that I would actually drive around. So I got that and then uh, I've been teaching myself mechanics and how to fix it and keep it going and stuff like that. So it's been it's been really good fun. The car itself was really cheap, but I've definitely spent 
probably twice as much on mm. tools and yeah. parts and bits and spanners and all that. So, uh, yeah, anyway, pop, taking the battery out, bringing it in, keeping it warm, getting it ready for hibernation. Yeah. Um, Have you got like a garage or something? Nope. Oh, no, no garage. Look that over winter. Yeah, well, yeah, it's bad in winter, and then in the summer it just gets filled up with insects. So it's, <laughs> it's basically a disaster. Uh, it's it's mostly just somewhere to store my waders, which uh, we'll we'll come back to later on. What else has been going on? Uh, loads of tedious stuff at work, which I won't bore you about. Um, and there's a new Leonard Cohen album coming out next week, so pretty excited about that. Nice. Yeah. Splurge the cash, get it on vinyl, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah, actually, the lead single off it um, that that is on Spotify at the moment happens to the heart. I think it's like one of his is like up there with the best of his songs, and the guy's dead. So <laughs> I don't know how he's managing it, but it's it's quite impressive. I think it's for a dead person to be <laughs> dropping the dropping the charts. Yeah. Are yeah. you going to play anything from Leonard today? Or? Um, I'm not. I feel like Leonard's probably got a big enough platform. Oh, as it fair is. enough. Yeah. It's um, good, yeah. Good so local, yeah, let's uh, let's try. DIY. And... Exactly. Yeah. Um, which actually leads quite nicely into uh, I'm going to play a song. So yeah, I don't know if we're planning to do maybe next episode we might do like albums of the year or something. Our albums of the year. If, okay. if we've got any, maybe yeah, pick I some. Can, I can do some of that. Out, yeah. But. Um, I'm just going to spoil that now and say that um, this AA Bondi album that came out this year called NNS is probably my favourite one of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it's quite different to like the previous stuff he's done. I think it was a bit more sort of trad kind of folky sort of new folk stuff that he used to do. Um, and then with, with this one, he's kind of adopted this. He shaved his head and adopted this kind of weird tongue in cheek cocksure persona thing um, and written some. Uh, yeah, just uh, just quite sort of silly but but brilliant songs that um, they sound a bit like uh, the Vangelis Blade Runner soundtrack at times, and it sounds very much like sort of driving through a city at night with him saying some uh, sort of satirical lyrics over the top. Hmm. But it's uh, yeah, it's really good. Um, I went to see him play um, in Sheffield last week. I think it was at this new venue called Network. Um, I don't think many. I struggled to find the venue, like on Facebook or anything, so I didn't really know where I was going. Uh, and there was only twenty-five people there, and it was really intense because it was a, I think, a kind of show that was designed for more people. He had like projections yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So there was twenty-five of us there, and uh, he's kind of like staring people out, and uh, it was really intense, but but brilliant. Um, and so I've got to try that when I'm on stage staring people out. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Anyway, so this is uh, one of the tracks of his album. Uh, this one's called "Killers 3 by AA Bondi. Oh, 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 oh,
yeah, there you go. That that was Killers Three by A. Bondi. What did you think of that? Nice and calm, like um, kind of nice vibes to it. I love the the album artwork, nice and simple, like no headed man. Um, yeah, it's it's really good. Got me nice and chill. Yeah. Yeah, you should um, go and have a look at the uh, his music videos if you like any of the songs because they're just quite surreal and daft. Like he's definitely gone to town on this like new image thing that he's doing. I've enjoyed checking out all the music you play me, so I shall do so. Yeah, well, we'll add it to the um, the Spotify playlist as well. So if people want to follow that playlist, they can uh, they can just get some new tunes dropped into their ears every month as well, which would be quite nice. Could you do some news? Yeah, well, let's start with the most important news. Like I've got some cats. Me and Charlotte made got two rescue kittens on um, Wednesday. Um, they they were rescued by the, the police. And uh, they're currently named after a police officer and after the West Yorkshire Police. So we need some, probably need some new names from. But they're so cute. Like, uh, what, what do you think of the cats? Yeah, def- definitely uh, high on the on the cute scale. Yeah, that's the biggest news there is. Like, we're done next. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. <laughs> and just for anyone listening at home, uh, Charlotte's one of the producers of this show. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The yeah, the kittens are big news, aren't they? Um, everyone I've mentioned it to was pretty excited. Yeah. Is there anything else happening? It, there was well, there was one thing actually. Uh, in a sort of cynical uh, vote grabbing uh, move, the Tories have paused or they say banned uh, fracking uh, so that's quite good sounds good it? it sounds like it's in the long grass like mm-hmm. good place for it during the election like uh, whether it'll stay there probably not but if you've got an, a killer unpopular policy like kick it in the long grass for a while take the spotlight off it and yeah. you know let's worry about how anti-semitic like people are who don't particularly like israel mm. like um, yeah, wait, wait for a sinkhole to open up in that long grass uh, due to the fracking, and it'll fall down, and then we'll just uh, legalize it again. Absolutely fine. I I had this thing where something came up in my news feed, but I had this mm. Telegraph article. That the the article was titled "Jeremy Corbyn sounded utterly desperate." Mm. And that was a sponsored link that came up, and I I just had to reply to that as like here lies uh, the free press gone but not forgotten. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I got a little bit little bit annoyed thinking about that even though they'd pay to put it on my feed that just like the right-wing media um just actually that's not a story that's just an opinion piece mm. and um like yeah then someone just happened to remind me that the people on the telegraph the barclay brothers billionaire twins um who live in on an island really small private island next to sark um sark by the way is still uh kind of got a feudal economy so their their normal version of reality the, the only thing they can see is an island that's basically got a feudal economy has right. about 10 people living on it um, mm-hmm. and the economy's kind of wrecked but they, they're in an ivory tower and they're kind of dictating like you know that they let like Boris Johnson when he was kicked off of the Tories after Theresa May got it off, off the like, front bench he was back on the telegraph writing his kind of um editorials inciting sort of like right-wing hatred little germ of something in a story then a bunch of basically like manipulative shit mm-hmm. and that's his whole game basically like it's, it's important to remember he's a kind of narcissistic um egomaniac um very good at manipulating people um and basically he's just going to do a winston churchill impression i found it very distasteful over like the kind of remembrance day things that mm-hmm. he was going around basically just trying to be winston churchill to convince the, the kind of lower uh, intellectual sectors of the of the population that he's basically what Churchill was then. And like, it doesn't matter about um, policies. It's just about his personality. He's painting out um, someone to be like very communist and very like socialist, even though I think in my opinion, socialism is quite a good thing mm. that, um, 
But ironically, um, the amount of money that Russian companies put into the Brexit campaign, just him basically standing in front of a big lie on a bus um, and basically lying to everyone with Russian money. But now Hillary Clinton, who's also been quite smeared like Jeremy Corbyn, basically saying we should be looking at this evidence of Russian interference in your elections. And the Tories are saying, no, you shouldn't look at any of the interference by the Russians. And like, you know, you've got to be pretty stupid to be voting Tory right now, like given all of this kind of stuff. Um, or pretty living in a pretty deluded fart bubble, like um, yeah. I mean, the fart bubble is quite a popular place to live for a lot of people. Sorry, sorry to rant, like, uh, but you know, if, if you like those sort of newspapers, you think, look at who owns them, look at what their agendas are, and if if you kind of you know satisfied by a little germ, a little seed of something that's got some basis, and then a load of absolute shit, like, um, well, congratulations, like you're you're a fucking idiot. Yes, there you go. Uh, on the subject of um, the press and smears and, and all that kind of stuff, when when Corbyn was first uh, elected leader of the Labour Party, I remember getting really pissed off at the Guardian, undermining him, basically writing him off before he'd even got started. Uh, I got so annoyed with it, I uh, stopped reading any of their stuff and moved over to the Independent. But the Independent are just obsessed with aliens and space <laughs> stuff. and It's really weird. You, I, would be, I would read a headline like new object spotted in space and be like, this is massive, this is huge why are no other papers mentioning this? And they're like, oh no, no, it's just the independent they've just got a real boner for space stuff and it, it makes no <laughs> sense at all um, this isn't really a correction to last time but after we recorded the last episode uh, about a month ago I, I was talking about CCTV and surveillance culture and all that kind yeah. of stuff and I went home and we just were looking for something to watch on iPlayer and ended up watching this program called The Capture, mm-hmm. um, which is all about that. It was it had been running for a few weeks and it was just it was all about kind of deep fakes and incriminating people uh, using CCTV and and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's it was six episodes long and for the first five it was pretty gripping. It went kind of the last episode it all kind of fell apart a little bit. Uh, anything you want to pick up from last time? Oh yeah, one thing, like, uh, there was a little bit of criticism to um, Extinction Rebellion. I think the stuff they've been putting out this month has been excellent, like, floating that house down the Thames. Oh, that was brilliant. Like, yeah, bringing all the stuff in. There's been a lot of flooding in the UK at the minute, and a lot of rain, and yeah, just, just hammering home, like, just talking about the science and, yeah, like, sticking to, to what is happening, and really impressed by what they've been doing, um, Although, obviously, it's one of those organisations that people are very, very left-wing get hold of. And I just think it's important that we get that balance of truth and kind of um, we're going to absolutely solve things by being completely, completely left-wing. We need to be realistic, but um, we also need people to understand the issues. Yeah, I think they're doing a much better job of that. Um, Yeah, I think that was what we were saying last time, wasn't it? Like, stick to the facts. Yeah. uh, And you can, you know, just stick to the facts. And they've listened to us. Yeah. are you I sure? Saying, yeah, I think, it sounds like <laughs> it. How many listeners did we get last time? Uh, it well, I, hundreds, hundreds of oh, thousands. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, we, and we got listened to on the Island of Wight. So yeah. Yeah, we yeah we got played on the Isle of Wight again. Hello, Wolverton FM. If you're listening there again. Hello there. Um, I was thinking actually, if we are still going by episode twelve, so mm-hmm. this is episode th- three. Yeah. Yeah, so if we make it to episode 12, I think we should record episode 12 from uh, the Isle of Wight. Yeah. What do you say? Yeah, we'll, we'll try and go in the summer, we'll, we'll take the MG, you know, we'll do a fear and loathing. I think that might be might be good. I think that would be excellent, yeah. Uh, it, yeah, I was going to say episode 10, but that's the month I, uh, that I'm getting married. So, oh, right, so yeah. we're just going to push well, it back to episode 12. Whenever it's going to be convenient for our social <laughs> yeah, calendars. Well, exactly. A lot of things might happen between now and then, you never know. But also the Whiters, I think they need a bit of time to prepare. 
The Blighters, is that what they call themselves? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the top 10 places in the world for cycling. Okay. Uh, there's a few uh, breweries down there, three breweries I think there are, so um, you should visit all three of those. Yeah. Um, and probably probably record from one of the breweries. I think the output might be uh, might be improved by some brewery produce. Yeah, that's right. That sounds like a good idea. Uh, and also Marconi um, built uh, the world's first permanent radio tower on uh, the Isle of Wight in 1904, and in 1906 old bees started disappearing the honeybees uh and then that was that pattern was slowly repeated uh, all over the uk it's, they started dying first in white yeah okay. yeah they have claimed Did radio transmissions or anything to do it uh, one can only well you were giving two bits of data <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> you work it out. and i'd link them together Oof, yeah gosh i could be the next boris johnson you know basically no fuck all and just you know just Come go. up with something that sounds spectacular. It's as easy as that, yeah. uh, to quote Brass Eye. Right, so next I, I want to play a song um, by an artist, um, and he is an artist, called um, Freddy Fudpucker. Um, guy lives in Germany, he sits on a seat, he kicks a box and a tambourine, and he plays sometimes very fast, sometimes very slow songs that focus on issues of the world, uh, philosophies, a kind of uh, modern thinking and the contradictions of uh, modern existence. And he is from the last 10 years of going out to gigs, one of my favorite uh, acoustic performance artists. And so I'd like to play Risenrad by Freddie Fudd Pocket. Your third eye is a fuse wheel on
think of that? Yeah, I thought that was great. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, gonna go and uh, have a listen to that and drive home. I think. Yeah, there's just just been saying to Tom while listening. The, every the last few albums he's done, this guy's got a lot of albums and he's improved his craft over the years. Um, last three that he's done, they come with these little zines where he's illustrated all his his lyrics. Uh, he's a fantastic artist. And it's just a throw together of modern and mythological and religious and philosophical and technological and everything together. And um, yeah, I can't rate this guy high enough as an artist. I think he should be achieving much greater commercial success. But his content is dark, but I think he makes it sound happy by keeping it fast. So well done. Keep producing and get more people listening to that. Some of the lyrics in there were great. Yeah, it's if 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 the lyrics sort of catch my attention like that, then I know I'm gonna I'm gonna like something. These pictures are excellent as well. Yeah, could definitely just uh, stick these up on your wall, can you? Yeah, well, yeah. maybe not all of them. <laughs> Actually, this is not this fetus. Would you like to tell us how we might go about saving the world? All right. Well, yeah. This this segment I'm gonna do like saving the world or how to create utopia, or at least just to stop us destroying our environments. But as a little lead-in, um, I just wanted to talk about uh, two things briefly. Uh, one, uh, the UK law where they don't have to label uh, what's in a product. Mm. Um, that's That came out in that plastics documentary. It was on about um, war and plastics. But yeah, for instance, like wet wipes, they don't have to label it. It contains like 95% plastic and mm. you know there's all this to do with people flushing them and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, it's not UK law that you have to list what is in your product. So first of all, like, that's the thing. Second, a lot of it's ending up in Malaysia and other places in the world. Yeah. Um, and that's a real issue for them. You know, they're trying to set up their economy and, and um, they're also having, getting our rubbish, like, dumped, uh, illegally burned and things like this. And there was a story um, I, w- I wanted to mention. It's not new news. This this was, like, been going on for, like, maybe 30 years. But a friend of mine, uh, Luke from On The Road, he he's moved over to teach in Malaysia and he, you should check out on the road. He, he does it as like an online web blog, little short segments of what's happening in Malaysia. Highly recommend um, reading his writing. But he wrote this little one called Environmental Disaster. And I just wanted to read a bit from this. Um, if you don't mind. Go for it, yeah. Okay. It all began last week when a haze descended over the country, affecting the air quality and visibility. It's been getting worse over recent days, and it's been recorded by weather stations as very unhealthy. The visibility is shocking. The smell is toxic. I have a feeling in my throat and head and chest, which are painful. There's this, like, yellow smog, basically. What's actually going on? School was closed for students on Tuesday. All over Malaysia, schools have been closing. It seems to be getting worse. It's due to the haze coming from illegal agricultural fires due to industrial-scale slash-and-burn practices. Many in Indonesia and parts of Southeast Asia, all in pursuit of profit. Burn land can be used for palm oil, pulpwood production, and the environment. So they have to suffer indefinitely. So, And he just concludes with some remarks about environmental problems being created by the West, either directly or through um, economic policy, and they're felt in a developing world. So, like, we've got all our freedoms here and other places that seem to rely on other people suffering or environmental damage. And I just don't think it's fair that that we're doing this. Like, anyone with any sort of self-respect that can see further than their nose and or, like, read read the news or, you know, even look at certain things that don't get reported in our news um, can see that their sort of um, lifestyle is having a massively detrimental effect elsewhere. If, if, you, if you're looking at... at, at freedom and liberty and all that kind of stuff that we've got here yes we've got it in in droves but it relies on you know the people suffering and i just feel that's not right and so we ought to be looking to if we were going to talk about what utopia would be like uh it isn't this unless you unless you're a sadist Mm. you, you enjoy the idea that your happiness is 
is founded on other people's suffering. Um, well, uh, yeah, when you were talking about that, I was thinking as well as the, the sort of food produce uh, stuff. Yeah, just the, the sort of sweatshops that are creating all of yeah. the fast fashion, the unbearable suffering that I would imagine is going on at the other end of those transactions for your 2 pair of leggings or whatever. It's, uh, yeah, it's a kind of horrible thing to think about. And I know most people just don't think about it because it's too horrible. Um, I suppose same with the meat industry as well, and I'm guilty of that. Yeah. Yeah, just just adding to one thing you said first mm. is like the, the, the damage to the ocean as well. Like mm. we, we can kind of see the stuff that we've done on the land, how like masses of species have become extinct, food webs have become uh, broken up. We're keeping animals that are tending to add to the CO2 emissions and the, the amount from agriculture. And just I feel awful sometimes going through supermarkets looking at how systematically we take apart other environments just for our own sort of, you know, frugal pleasure, pleasure really. And um, yeah, it's... If you were a super beast and you were there looking at all your mates like just chopped up in different like plastic packages and like throwaway polystyrene packages, um, it's rather depressing going through a supermarket. Even though I like a bargain, you know, I'm I'm yeah. kind of got this mixture of feeling. But um, what would utopia look like? Well, I had some ideas. I've been thinking about this and sort of writing like a novel as well. It touches upon some things, so I'd, I'd go through some stuff and just bounce off you if you don't mind, and you can give me some thoughts as, as when you need to. Let's give it a try. So first thing was kind of like having um, the equivalent of like safety, good infrastructure, good conditions for the people and and the animals, a kind of dignity in life and in death. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, just linking that to like mental health. Um, I think if you lived in a planet where you could tell everyone from uh, a young child to an, an old person what happens in terms of like where your food comes from, if you are going to eat meat, um, then we get good quality stuff that the animal has a good life before it before it faces its its demise. Like we, we are on top of a food pyramid, and if we do desire to eat food eat, eat meat, I, I don't think we should we should persuade people out of eating so much. Um, but that the animal needs to have had a good life. It's enough like three pound battery chickens and kind of that mm. sort of stuff. I'd rather have less and have better quality and know that every single animal had dignity in life and in death. Um, it's got a link to a kind of sustainability. Yeah, second thing I've got is like balancing the needs of um, the environment and the needs of business so it can achieve some sort of like sustainability. This is going to probably mean increasing use of like green technology um, trying to fix parts of the environment with wreck, like the ocean reefs, forests that have been stripped, making sure that animals in the wild can have some sort of space and that we've got the space. But in developing countries, this is a big problem because it has to be done in a fair way and that's going to involve other people lowering their CO2. This is probably going to mean that we've got to change the way the supermarkets work and the way that food's packaged. You mentioned mm-hmm. the first episode about having reusable containers. Mm. I thought if there was something on the line of 30 different types of container that was used in, in food, Mm-hmm. It could be uh, washed and reused. It'd be much better that they would be stackable together. You could take them into your local kind of um, community sort of um, centre or your supermarket, whatever, or, or, you know, just nearby to where you live. You get some money back off your local shop. So basically the working class people would be encouraged to save money, be better for the environment. Everyone would feel better. It's a really easy, achievable thing. It just take a bit of organisation and probably it wouldn't do so well for like the marketing of certain big companies and whatnot. Packaging's annoying as well. Like I don't know, you've got you've always got to dispose of all this packaging, and a lot of the time it's just not needed. Like no. wrapping some bananas in some plastic that it just comes off the minute you get home. It's just yeah, ridiculous. Um, we talked in episode one about taking the piss, as in like um, using fertilizer. I know that already down in London they're using like human excrement, and in other places to like you know fertilize the field. So that's a good start. Pretty much every fertilizer we use commercially is oil based. 
that can keep going forever. We need to, to take the piss, but in a you know a way that we're not going to be spying on people, as we mentioned already <laughs> yeah. in the first episode. Um, to like, uh, and yeah, even things like pet waste and diapers and things like that. If if they're done in the right way, it can all be all be used to like get crops. Um, the be an amount of processes needing for that. Um, and I know that like, you know, when human urine's been ending up in watercourses, it's been there've been very cocaine rich um, watercourses. I think from the news we were reporting animals suffering because of the amount of drugs that, that the humans were consuming and ending up in the, the animals going a bit nuts. Important. We need to lower the, the CO2, but we still need to have an amount of trade going on um, so economies can be healthy. Two things. One, the kind of ever-increasing population of, the, of humanity on this planet um, drives a lot of these problems, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, sort of making sure everyone uh, has access to all of the, the kind of healthcare and all all of the basic requirements of life is just a never-endingly difficult task. Um, and the other thing was, do you think we need to give up some luxuries? I mean, is shipping these fruits from all corners of the earth just so that they can uh, occupy the fresh uh, fresh fruit aisle of every supermarket in every city of the UK. I mean, is that uh, something that we should be doing or should we look at some things? I mean, it, it's difficult. I don't know how you would agree on this, but do you, you know, do we need to ship all that stuff around or do we give up some of that stuff? Work with what we've got a little bit more, homegrown produce a bit more? It's short answer. Yeah, mm. um, we, we are going to need to give up luxuries. I mean, in the West, we're going to need to increasingly get used to this, but the moral gains from that, I think, will outweigh um, the kind of, oh, I can't get this when I want it. Next one, I think that in terms of social, I'd, I'd like there to be like parity or relative parity between the highest and the lowest earnings so that they're not so um, dyspraxic so that they couldn't meet and and, uh, and change ideas. Probably in the low earning things, there'd be more job rotation. Um, obviously, I think there's a lot of like, when you look at how societies are, you look at all these empty buildings and like this growing homeless problem um, so working parties being set up for people who are out of work getting getting projects back in like don't like to say workhouse because that's a horrible word but like lazy people who aren't working could be doing something useful um, agriculturally and being moved around different places mm-hmm. there, was, there was a thing on them um, about set in America called um, Take Our Jobs where they, they asked American people to come and take some of the jobs that the Mexicans were doing around the border oh areas. yeah and um, basically, it was a popular initiative to do that. And yeah, thousands of Americans like say, yeah, yeah, we'll come and take these these Mexican jobs. Yeah, American jobs for ranking people. Well, thousands of people did them. Ten people actually volunteered to come up. After one day, all of them had quit. Like, the work's too hard. We can't do this. The Mexicans are like, no, you're not working fast enough. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know whether people would actually get into doing the manual stuff again. But it do them in the world of good and the mental health of the world of good. Yeah, I think everyone should kind of have this, this possibility, this... Uh, collective action this right to trade to be an artist to to be recycling and reusing things i think there's a whole um generation of people that can creating more individually mm-hmm. i'd like to see um you know military being used for more foreign um kind of growth really like helping in other countries humanitarian work um i don't know if you're gonna, gonna get onto this but i was thinking with your uh, working groups uh, initiative um also some sort of housing initiative yeah. we've got a lot of uh are you gonna talk about that no, no, no. no okay. Oh, well, yeah, I was just thinking, you know, all of those empty buildings, all of those buildings that are sitting empty in um, Sheffield, I walk past them every day and I'm always thinking, oh, you know, what what a waste. You could just, that's some uh, that's some really good shelter for somebody who's uh, sleeping on the freezing streets of South Yorkshire. Um, but yeah, some, some initiative to connect those two, th- those two dots is just 
yeah. uh, a, a no-brainer, I suppose you would say. Um, yeah, you, you could almost focus on that like a policy rather than mm. focusing on something that's completely irrelevant yeah. or almost completely irrelevant. Um, you know, you could win an election with, with good policies like that, couldn't you? Yeah, just imagine. The other sixth point I wanted to get out was like science and technology basically needs to be for for freedom, not enslavement of others. Um, developing enlightenment, not, not putting people into more delusion and more like... You know, how you see technology making people like weaker in terms of their thinking and their minds and their mm-hmm. reliance upon it. Yeah. There's a certain amount, it's, it's useful. A certain amount, you've got to be skillful as a person to, to survive and to be thoughtful and, you know, be a good person. So technology needs to work like that. So I'd kind of like to see that and what I talked about, those working parties and the military sort of organisation, um, like a green revolution, really, sort of. They've talked about spending money and I've seen different projects where they're, you know, for instance, in the forest fires in America, they're thinning out trees. They're using like uh, people to do that. So the forest fires aren't this big conflagration that just burns and burns and burns. That they're mm-hmm. having controlled fires and and kind of um, you know, the spending money on making sure the environment isn't fucked. Basically, mm-hmm. it's getting pretty fucked at the minute with these right wing governments and their, you know, their delusional tactics focusing people fundamentally on the wrong things. We, there's a lot we could be doing, and we're wasting fucking time. Mm-hmm. Should be just getting on doing it. It seems to be getting better in a way the world i think people are nice and not everyone's deluded but yeah if if those people could feel like they're making a difference in the small things they do it's probably linking the whole thing to technology that does it that if you scan a product in a shop you can see that you're buying off an exploitative company you buy a different one you know if you can see the supply chains making too much money then get it from somewhere else is there an opportunity for uh, an app or you know just thinking uh, any developers listening out there could you could you build an app that would that could make things like that transparent so you know ethical um retailers what sort of break down the the um origins of certain products and things maybe by barcode scanning or something um and just make it so that everybody has easy access to that information and then can make kind of more informed decisions yeah i'd like Um, to see that i think in future you might see products just coming into the periphery of your your phone and telling you these things like mm. you know you have your camera out and it just scans and like it's, it's a bit despotic thinking of the power use involved in that but that's the way that consumer driven capitalism is going so if there's ethical considerations within that and the, the more accessible they are i think that's going to be better yeah and even just um i mean the government have, or we've been doing this for, for years but just labeling things you know green label and stuff that's yeah. produced ethically or you know something like that something as simple as that would be good. we're going back to the start again where mm. we're saying uk government it's not like legal for them for non-food based products for them to display what's in it Mm. i mean start there why don't you start there any other any other polls to your utopian tent um no just just be good to each other like like it says in bill and ted be excellent to each other from you know from all the way from like you the way you communicate to each other the way that you're nice and, and you explain things to all the way of like trying to communicate with animals and, you know, looking after the, the environment around you and keeping you, your garden habitats good. Everyone doing their bit. Buildings that have got bits of nature, bits of, like, growth, sustainable use. Yeah, the future's coming on and you, you've got to kind of, uh, you've got to be excellent to each other, party on, but, you know, not... not sustainable. Uh, right, well, on that, on that note, I think we should play another song um, to give everyone's uh, brains a little bit of uh, time to digest all of that and uh, rethink their entire lives. What so, you got? <laughs> uh, so, what I've got, well, since, since the first episode, I wanted to play a track by this band called Easter. Um, they had an album in 2012 called The Softest Hard, and it's really weird, electro-indie, um, but it's the, the lyrics are really surreal, stream of consciousness, 
uh, kind of nonsense in places, but but there's something quite hypnotic about it. Um, and I absolutely love that album. Anyway, I was going to play one of the, the tracks off it this week, um, but they've got a couple of new singles out. Uh, and the most recent one is called Better. It's really um, upbeat and probably not massively representative of the rest of their sound, but uh, it, it sort of tells a story of going for a walk and finding a nice stick. Um, <laughs> so I thought I'd play that. So this is uh, the track Better by Easter. Oh, So that was better by Easter. What did you think of that? I like that. <laughs> like you, you always choose stuff that I wouldn't choose to listen to um, myself. Uh, That's what I'm here for. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, it, it made me laugh. Um, it it made me kind of groove a bit, and uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. It was great. On the first episode, I played um, a song by Roach that, that oh yeah that um, I think quite a few people seem to react well to. I enjoyed um, that. Yeah, so she's playing. Uh, 
in support of uh, another uh, artist who I quite like to play a song for at the end of this, if there's time, uh, called Art School Girlfriend is the name of the band. Um, Roach is supporting Art School Girlfriend uh, in Manchester next Sunday, which I think is the 24th, uh, and I'm going to be there. So um, come and uh, shake my hand or uh, glass me, whichever. Whatever takes you fancy. The Megatron. Yeah, so that's what I. That's one of the things I've been up to in the last month. Um, so it all started uh, in the uh, Devil's Ass, um, which is uh, the uh, cave system in the Peak District. Um, I went into the Devil's Ass, did the tour, and you you can go in and you can explore the the cave system there, um, just outside of Castleton. Uh, and you can go about half a mile underground and it's it's really interesting, really atmospheric and they sort of talk you through the history of the place. Um, and then you get to this bit where there's a fence and, and when you can't go any further. But when you look down there, the cave system goes on underneath the Peak District for I think 11 or 12 miles. Wow. Um, and yeah, and so I was talking to my brother-in-law and I was like, I really want to go down there and really want to explore this. And he was like... Okay, well, you know, we'll probably have to uh, probably have to learn a few things before we uh, get into caving. But have you heard about the Megatron? And of course, my eyes just lit up, and and I just thought, what is Megatron? Um, yeah. So, so what is Megatron in the centre of Sheffield? Um, there are a couple of rivers which have been buried underground um, in Victorian times yeah. to enable, uh, the development of the, uh, the sort of the valley of, of, of the center of Sheffield. Um, so it enabled them to build the train station and then run train lines to Manchester and to London and further North and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so to, to enable them to do that, they had to enclose the rivers and, uh, and bury them underground. And there are three rivers, which all connect underground, um, two of which connect underneath the train station. And you can actually go Conflicts down there. Conflicts the train station. Yeah. I did not know. Yeah. So so you, you're probably walking around, if you, if you live in Sheffield or you visit there, you're walk, walking around on top of these rivers that are buried under the ground. Cool. And it's possible to go down there. So I took a Friday off work a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and uh, me and my brother-in-law had bought some waders from the shops. And we went and parked in um, Sydney Street car park in, in sort of central Sheffield. And um, it was raining. It was quite wet, quite a wet morning, uh, and we just uh, in the car park there, put our waders on, uh, strapped a head torch on, and then got into the into the Porter Brook River, and then just started walking down the river. Uh, and after about a minute of walking, you go into a tunnel, and then you just go under some buildings, and then you're in pitch black under the city uh, and we sort of took it from there is, is that something that you would want to do would you be interested in exploring something like that Oof, um yeah partially i i can't i can't think of that without thinking of like it mm. like um well, we, we went down a couple of like underground caves in lanzarote that one's been done out they've both been artistically changed so people could go there yeah um i was just thinking when you were saying it um how user friendly and accessible is it? Do you go down on your own? Is there guides? Is there like what, what's the deal? Yeah, so that so there are guided tours that you can do now. They're trying to open it up a little bit, but um, they're still probably sort of semi professional. Really, it's just some some people who are a bit yeah. interested who sell tickets to take you down there, and they kind of steer you away from the, the deepest parts. So so it is possible to do it, but the the tours have actually been selling out so quickly. We we bought a ticket uh, back in uh, the beginning of summer. Um, 
but we couldn't go down that day because it was too deep or something like that. Yeah. But but every single tour that they'd done had um, had sold out, and so it's it's kind of massively in demand. And, and the day that we couldn't go down there, some people had travelled up from London, and some had come down to from uh, Scotland to take part in this thing. So people yeah. are really interested in yeah, this. Yeah, it seems so. Uh, so so yeah. Anyway, we uh, so we went down underneath there and initially you start off it's quite low the tunnel's quite low and you sort of got to stoop a lot and it's quite dark and you you know you, it's it, definitely quite an experience it was a really surreal um start to a friday um <laughs> you, uh, after you get underneath the initial buildings uh, you go underneath the uh, shoreham street and then you come out um in the river channel um next to a spa shop um next to the station we carried on walking down there and then went underneath the station, which I was a little bit trepidatious about because I didn't, I thought, you know, if you were going to blow up Sheffield station, this is the place to do it. Um, the, the, the channels, I'm not suggesting anybody does that, but the, the, the river channels follow directly underneath, uh, the train tracks. And so you can hear the trains going overhead and about 50 feet. Once you were underneath there, um, the port of Brook river, uh, meets the uh, river uh, Sheaf, and so you, the two rivers converge, and then there are three big channels underneath the station. We tried switching off like the headlamps, and it was really, it was really dark, but the, it, but it wasn't scary at any point. I mm. mean, I, what, one of my favourite horror films, I can't remember if I mentioned it last time, is The Descent, um, yeah. and so I've always got that film <laughs> in the back of my head when I'm anywhere dark and sort of weird, but. Um, yeah, no, it wasn't scary at all. I think maybe the sound of the water and the sound of the trains overhead, you didn't feel like it was, you know, it wasn't, there was something there that, that felt quite natural and good and good and not, mm. not scary. I didn't see any rats or mm. bats or any wildlife at all, apart from spiders. Mm. There were loads, loads of big spiders, which I didn't expect. But if you don't like spiders, it's not the place for you. I was driving to work the other day and this spider came down from my car because I'm keeping it in the garage now and it mm. got in. And I, I nearly sort of, you know, panicked with my, with the wheel and uh, I had to really steady myself with it. But I like spiders. I don't particularly like flies, so... Yeah, yeah, no, big up the spiders. I mean, your kittens will have been uh, exterminating quite a few spiders yeah, yeah. recently. We should maybe send them down Megatron next time. But yeah, one of the interesting things about exploring down there was I was expecting to find lots of uh, lots of rubbish, lots of discarded stuff. I was definitely uh, expecting, you know, blockages of plastic bottles and yeah. waste and all that kind of stuff. And there wasn't there wasn't really any of that. There were some interesting objects though. Okay. Uh, there was a copy of Spider Man Two on DVD. Really? Yeah, which I was quite impressed by. Uh, there was quite a few Boots Advantage cards. Came across quite a few of those, which surprised me because they've got probably the best advantage scheme of any uh, loyalty card, I would say. Um, the, do you know what was the one man-made item that I saw the most of down there that wasn't Victorian bricks? The most man-made item you saw down there? Um, yeah, discarded items. Condoms. No. I like that. I like that your brain went straight to condoms. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was mobile phones. Mobile phones, oh, right. Mobile phones, yeah. yeah. So a couple of uh, Nokia thirty three tens, BlackBerry, oh, uh, a couple really of flip like phones. Yeah, yeah. Some really, some really nice vintage phones, uh, just sort of buried in in the kind of uh, yeah the mud and stuff. Yeah, it was quite exciting. There's no GPS down there, no phone reception, so you kind of don't want to get into um, into a, any sort of sticky situations. The the idea of the whole journey is that you go to this part of Megatron called the Cathedral, mm -hmm. which is this massive 
massive big uh, space underground, as you can imagine. Where the big spider is. Yeah, where the big spider is. you have to kill with the silver earrings. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it, yeah. it's So it's where the, the sheaf uh, and the porter then meet the River Don, um, and it's right under Castlegate Market, which is being redeveloped at the moment. And I think what they're going to do as part of the redevelopment is open up some of the journey underground mm-hmm. so that um, tourists can sort of start yeah. exploring this thing, which will be quite interesting. Um, it's done well. Yeah. Um, so we made it to the cathedral um, and I couldn't take any pictures because I took my SLR with me and it wouldn't. It, the space was too big for the, the flash to really light anything up. So we're going to go down there again with some flares. I've been watching these videos uh, by this guy called Patrick Dickinson on YouTube and I would recommend anybody who's into exploring or uh, just wants to hear a nice uh, Yorkshire voice <laughs> from time to time. He does these brilliant videos uh, on YouTube, um, Patrick Dickinson, and he's explored Megatron. He's gone down there with a dinghy and uh, and done a bit of uh, boating and stuff. When we finished, we got out and drove around to, the, to the, um, where the River Don meets at the mouth of the castle gate the the um, cathedral part um and you could see the water coming out from where we'd been was really nice and clear mm. and then the water in the don um from the industry or you know the places that it had been was kind of black and you could see the the two waters mixing the oh. sort of black water and then the clean water so i'm glad we didn't go any further than that because i wouldn't quite believe well, just just worth mentioning the, yeah. how the conservative party kind of cut the funding for the environmental sort of investigations of, of these sort of things. I think to the extent where you've got to kind of pretty much investigate them yourself mm-hmm. uh, and prove that they need the environmental investigation. So, you know, cut the red tape by uh, letting the environment get more fucked. So, you know, vote conservative if you've got no fucking brain. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, No, 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 that, that's fine. That can be the uh, title of this episode as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> We didn't see any fatbergs or concrete bergs. The concrete berg that I was reading about in London recently was uh, really blowing my mind. That's uh, when someone makes a statue to me, right? That's it. That's it. Yeah, it's a bit like the uh, Robocop statue in uh, Detroit. Oh, uh, is there? Yeah. Is there an Ed Two Hundred Nine like movable one? That would be. That would be great. Yeah. Um, just murders tourists. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we did this. Um, it was it was Friday, maybe about two weeks ago. Friday last week was the uh, the floods, the big Sheffield floods. So mm-hmm. Megatron would have been uh, peaking, I would say. And I'm glad we didn't go down there that day because we would definitely be dead. Do you think it, it's got the capacity to take um, massive, massive, massive future floods? Or do you reckon the Megatron might ever back up? Um, I think because the, the part that we went down is mostly dealing with the water from the River Sheaf, which comes from the Peak District from Edale. Uh, and I think that it was pretty big. There was three massive channels down there. I think it can probably handle it, um, but all that flows into the Don, then it was the Don that was flooding around Meadow Hall. Ah, right. Uh, so you get all the nasty kind of um, diseased water. Yeah, the, the black water. I just wonder whether the the Victorians were forward-thinking enough to think that you know the people that came after them might really, really destroy uh, or not be able to you know destroy the environment. Yeah. You know, like... Is the Thames going to be big enough for when water levels rise? Like yeah. I think that'll be a place where it overflows and it'll yeah. be quite like, you know, not like the day after tomorrow, but it'll be a little bit dramatic when that happens, shall we say? I just wonder if all the Victorian infrastructure has been taken into account, how much we kind of subsequently fuck the environment up. I think I think the um, but it was pretty bad in the Industrial Revolution. You know, there was a yeah. lot of lot of nasty chemicals going in then too. Yeah, yeah. I I would say I, I think that the 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 parts of the river, the the sheaf and the uh, porter that we walked in are actually quite clean now. But like today, whereas even maybe thirty years ago, I think they would have still been pretty horrible. Mm. 
uh, after I took my dunk with the voice recorder, I was like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm going to get ill and touch wood, I'm still alive. And uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, th- it, I think they definitely over uh, over engineered in terms of uh, capacity down there. But um, I was reading the, the councillor saying that at some point it will need rebuilding because you know 150 year old brickwork isn't going to last forever so um so yeah so that's what i've been up to and it was uh it was pretty good fun um the oh yeah i wanted to say but the flooding at the that meadow hall the following week um people had to spend the night in the in the shopping center and i saw saw them on the news the next day complaining about it oh we had to buy some blankets from primark and we had to eat at uh, frankie and benny's uh and i just thought i've seen dawn of the dead and it's just like Dawn of the Dead, but without the zombies. Yeah, or maybe with Sounds, the zombies. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Satire. Uh, Meadow Hell might might not be the worst place in the world to be stuck with all the like infrastructure it's got there, but you know I can imagine a lot better places to to sit out of flood. But you know somewhere dry, you know this mm. homeless guy that I go past, he never seems to be dry. Mm. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's all I wanted to say about that. Um, I believe you're going to play us a song. Yeah. Um, I've been spending quite a bit of money lately uh, on records and like, you know, fanzines and artwork and, uh, you know, stuff. And one of the albums that I got, uh, which you're going to have to lend for a month now, uh, you can give me it back next episode if you want. It's uh, by Pete Bentham and the Dinner Ladies and it's called England's Up for Sale. these guys are from the Wirral or from Liverpool. Um, Pete Bentham kind of reminds me of Johnny Cash a bit. Okay. Uh, he's quite like punk um, version of Johnny Cash, left-handed, inventive guitar player. Really like his lyrics. He's got this like long-standing, quite left left-wing sort of version of reality that I I can really relate to. Um, they've got a bit of saxophone, bit of um, like nice female backing harmonies going on in bits, and. Yeah, I really like these. They have like two dinner ladies that just come and dance with them on stage and like, you know, like you know, mop people's faces and go into the crowd and that sort of stuff. One of the best live acts I saw last year. Um, and th- this song, I should say, it's not typical of their sound, uh, but I really like the lyrics to this. So I'm going to go with the title track. Um, in front of this, you can see the CD in front of one of the one pound houses in Liverpool, totally messed up, graffitied. <laughs> Um, and yeah, this is the title track from that album. It's called England's Up for Sale, and this is on Anti Pop Records. Okay, great. Let's have a listen. Which way did you choose? Which way did you choose? Did you listen to your heart? Did you listen to the news? England's dreaming, England's screaming, England's off the rails. England's up for sale, England's up for sale. Drag. 
Yeah, I thought that was really good. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, okay, well, I think uh, after all that talk about Megatron and all that uh, that running water, it really uh, took me back to the time uh, about an hour ago when we recorded that jingle. So I think we might just play that again. Oh yeah, imagine you can listen to it. Imagine you're in the Megatron, or maybe someone could play it in the Megatron. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't even obvious we've slowed down and octave shifted our vocal so much it actually says super beast yeah yeah well I don't know There's, there might be a hidden message in that if you were to uh, press it onto vinyl uh, and then play it backwards on your record player at home that you might find a hidden message no barely anyone's listening Blake I don't think <laughs> anyone's going to be burning it to vinyl Look, playing it backwards I, I'm just saying it's some, some fans are quite obsessive yeah yeah um, can be yeah that's what I'd be doing. Um, so, for those uh, super obsessive fans, if they wanted to, uh, if they wanted to get hold of us in any way, on in a in a kind of online capacity, uh, they could go to Twitter and uh, search at SuperBeastPod. Um, if they're on Facebook, they can just search for SuperBeast SuperBeast Podcast or uh, SuperBeastPod on there as well. Don't forget to uh, follow the uh, Super Beast Podcast uh, Spotify playlist, which uh, you can find a link to on Twitter and Facebook and as well. And you can subscribe to. Yes, of course. Yeah, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that it's waiting for you in your uh, in your special but folder. It's worth saying, not to worship Spotify, some people don't get the app easily, I can't, um, that you can get it on pretty much most other platforms too. Yeah, it's on all the podcast platforms, uh, the Apple ones, the other ones. Uh, and if you don't have any of that kind of stuff and you just want to listen to it online, like go to Anchor FM and look for Super Beast Pod. I think we'll say goodbye in a second. If there is time in the edit, I'm going to play School Girlfriend. If there isn't, then fuck it and this bit will get edited out. Um, so yeah, that's it from me. Anything else from you? No, just uh, like 
Remember, it's going to get a bit frenzied uh, with all the electoral stuff and probably there's going to be all sorts of dupe-like bullshit in the news. So don't get fooled. Like, um, stay true to your heart um, and make sure if, you, if you're going to vote Tory, just look at yourself in the mirror. Um, look out the window a little bit, you know, unless you're living in an ivory tower on, um, you know, next door to Sack and kind of say like, yeah, you know, it's been pretty bad 10 years. We've got an opportunity to kind of um, not be ruled by wolves and savages. So let's get let's get a, a decent government or at least like a, a decent coalition of, of other people together and let's try and like solve things. But remember, it's not the be all and end all and you don't have to get crazy and, and violent and nuts if, if it doesn't pull out. And uh, yeah, don't hate your friends. And just to un- undermine all of that, uh, you know, look in the mirror, look at yourself, but don't look when you're crossing the road. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>